POV, the Tuscan Raiders perform Joseph and the Technicolor Dreamcoat. <laughs> Start your sublight engines. It's time for RuPop's Pod Race, a queer Star Wars podcast. And welcome to your first week of Book of Boba Fett Chaos. Uh, I'm Noah. My pronouns are he, him. You can find me on social media at the Jewish Jedi. And my agenda this week is my formal application to become Boba Fett's emotional support twink. Hi, my name is Mel. I use they, them pronouns. You can find me on TikTok at Grunkle Rex. And my gender this week is Matt Berry, Protocol Droid. What we do in Jabba's Palace. Mel? <gasps> Damn it. My name is Ollie. I use any pronouns. You can find me on social media at Ollie Fresh. It's fresh with PH. And my gender this week is, uh, you know, when Boba Fett got like arrested by the Tuscans, you call that booking Boba Fett. Get, out. Booking get it because it's because when you arrest someone is booked you're you're getting booked like you book really hi my name is claudia um my pronouns are she her you can find me on social media at kaludia says k-a-l-u-d-i-a says um my gender was stolen this week um but mine is the what we do in the shadows to star wars pipeline uh we started with uh taika and now we have matt berry um, there's also, we've had Richard um, from the IT crowd before, but I'm specifically talking about the What We Do in the Shadows pipeline. I do, I am now gunning to see all of them. I want to see Guillermo, I want to see Harvey in uh, in the Star War. So that's, that's what I'm feeling this week. I'm Jess. My pronouns are they, them. You can find me on TikTok and Twitter at Kawaii Jessio. And my gender this week is just a boy and his dog. And his two prisoners. I do like that Boba Fett entered his fucked up little dog era. He was no, really he's not the dog. Solo this episode. Yeah, no, I mean. He's one of the two prisoners. That child did put a leash on him and was like, come on, buddy. The child did look like, like when you have a really big dog and you're trying to get them to come and they don't want to come. So you're kind of like leaning on the no. leash like, okay, let's go. That was the vibe. I'm obsessed with that fucking kid. Fuck off, Grogu. I only care about Tuscan Child. Child merch win. Period. Why? Why must they fight? I think Grogu and Tuscan Child would get along. I think. I think Din would be like, "Go play with your friends." Like, <laughs> I like the massive, the little lizard dog. I would kill for a lizard dog. I think they're great. Also, okay, but you would have to buy like an extra large heat lamp for them if you weren't living on a desert planet. <laughs> I find that concept very like. Guys, make sure your massive has a terrarium about the size of a large backyard with a heating lamp. <laughs> Do you think you'd have to get two heating lamps because they're from Tatooine and they need to feel like there's two suns? <laughs> so, because this show is called The Book of Boba Fett, and because uh, <laughs> newsflash, this show is called The Book of Boba Fett. However, um, the episode titles appear to be just actual book titles. Um, and I thought it would be fun to debut a new segment that Claudia has affectionately titled The Books of Boba Fett, where one of us each week will just explain uh, what the book in question is about. This week was Stranger in a Strange Land. And just to clarify, none of you guys have read this before, right? No. Gotcha. So this is a book by a man named Robert Heinlein. It is one of the most insane books I've ever read in my entire life. Heinlein is kind of an asshole, and I'm not going to delve too much into his life and times, but he's a total fucking nut job. And one of the things about this, so this is the basic plot of this book. A long time ago, not a long time ago, like 20 years ago, we sent people to Mars. There's air on Mars, there's Martians. And basically, uh, they were like, we want to make sure that the astronauts don't eat each other or kill each other on the way there. So they're going to be like tailored to be really close friends. But they end up in a polycule. This is not a joke. 
the end of an apollicule, they have a human baby, and that human baby is then raised by Martians on Mars. His name is Michael, and they bring him back to Earth, and he has weird Martian superpowers, like that he can teleport, he can astral project, and he can also uh, make things disappear when he doesn't like them. Like, he's like, I'm not a fan of that, and then it vanishes forever, and nobody ever knows where it goes. So would you say that kind of aligns with the plot of this first episode of Book of Boba Fett? Totally. But we haven't um, gotten to the sex cult yet, so it's I, okay. okay. I would also, I, I would say it's giving, it's giving Twilight Zone. No, literally. Okay, it's a bizarre book. Also, on in this universe, there are no women on Mars. So when Michael meets a woman for the first time, he's like, what the fuck are you? He's like, are you one of these, like, these women that I've heard so much about? And she's like, yes, I am. My name is Jill and I have hobbies like being a woman and also having boobs. And he's like, wow, that's crazy. Um, A ton of weird shit happens. Michael doesn't really get religion because lying isn't a thing on Mars. So he's like, they must know what happens when you die. And like, he also basically is like, I know what happens when I die because death is a, is a part of the Martian life cycle where you transcend your physical body and become an old one. And to do this, we also eat our dead as a form of ritual closeness. So he's what really down for cannibalism. Yeah, this is a bizarre book. I don't know why they chose it for this episode. This author, hi, what drugs were you on? Um... Libertarianism. So basically, Michael is like, I want to know what happens to humans when they die, but I don't really get it. So he goes to a couple mega churches because in this world, there was a third he goes world to war. What? A couple mega churches. No. Because um, there are no more nations in this oh world. God. There's a bunch of mega religions that run the separate governments. And I, one you know, of them is astrology. <laughs> that's what I point, always say is I'm like, man, I sure wish Joel Olstein ran a country. <laughs> you know, literally. And like one of the governments is run by an astrologist. And they're like, we want to know why Michael's so weird. So she makes an astrology chart for him. But then she's like, I'm kind of stumped because astrology is earth centric and he was born on another planet. So then she's like, I'll just make something up. And then he's hands like, it oh, in. He's a Scorpio. That's why he's like <laughs> no, this. No, literally a ton of other weird shit happens. And then basically Michael discovers God. Like he, he Martian mind power so hard that he's like, thou art God, but also I am God. And all the humans are like, what the fuck does that mean, Michael? Jesus? At which point, well, we'll get to that. Um, at which point Michael discovers uh, he has sex with this random woman. And then said woman is like, oh my God, I like, I know what you meant by your, by the thou art God statement. So Michael's like, oh, I can communicate my new religious ideas, but only through banging people. What? I know then, this is definitely drugs. This and is- then the rest of this book is uh, long and short. Michael and Jill go off in the form of global sex cult. And also the more times you sleep with Michael, the more superpowers you get and the prettier you are. Also, also... Was this written in the 70s? You know, what's actually crazy is that is actually what happens to me, too. So I get it. (laughs) (laughs) So it is at this point, they found this this sex cult full of, like, hot people that keep getting hotter from having sex with Michael. This keeps going on and on. We're almost to the end. Is this Boba and the Tuscans? (laughs) (laughs) Also, by the way... Um, at one point, Jill, the, the other like main woman who's like, I'm a lady and that's kind of it. Um, she's like, gayness is, is really bad because the thesis of this book is that heterosexual free love gives you superpowers, but homosexual free love is bad and shouldn't be done hardly ever at all and is terrible. 
Yes. Okay, so are are you done or is that is there still more? There's about two minutes left in this. That's no, how is there more? I'm okay. I'm almost done. Okay. So basically, okay. Uh, it is at this point that Michael and his sex mega church uh, have holy war declared on them <laughs> by another mega church, and said mega church incinerates Michael's sex cult tower thing, but then it's fine because everybody teleports to safety because they can teleport now. And then near the end of the book, Michael goes in front of a crowd that's really pissed at him. They're like, you're weird. And also nobody likes your global sex powered super cult. And he's like, that's fine. And then they murder him. They tear him apart physically, but Jesus? nobody in the cult is bothered anymore because nobody in the cult thinks death is real. And then they eat his body, at which point we're shown a clip from actual heaven because Michael was the archangel Michael that was sent by God. Oh my God, it's a supernatural fan fiction. Oh my no. God. And oh then, no. Finally, at the close of the book, a million years in the future, uh, Martians come to Earth to try and destroy it. But Michael's sex cult has subsumed all of humanity. <laughs> so they beat the Martians. Uh, so <laughs> I the end of the book. So I think what this is legends. Okay. So, so much I, that just happened. If you have for some reason stuck around for that entire summary, um, and it's your first time listening, we're RuPaul's Pod Race. We're a queer Star Wars podcast that uh talked about star wars and i guess this was the title of the book of boba fett and hey know what do you think that in any way shape or form kind of reflected the the vibes of the episode god i'm so happy it didn't um i unless we're gonna find out that the only way you can learn tuscan is through panging a tuscan you know what speak speak for yourself i think boba should start a sex call no no i don't i listen good for him so yeah, I don't I I'm I don't understand. I think they may have just picked this title for funsies, um, because the actual contents of this book are off the rails. Heinlein did also write Starship Troopers. So he is a prolific sci-fi author. And like the first the thing is, the first two-thirds of this book are like political machinations and high concept sci-fi world building and like actually some really weird concepts about like religiosity and like societal integration. And then the back half of this book is if you bang this one Martian, you get telekinesis. And that's the that's the plot. So thankfully it has nothing to do with the Book of Boba Fett, but this concludes uh, our first dry run of the segment, The Books of Boba Fett. Should we each episode, or we can just have an ongoing betting pool, bet, have, a, have a, now a betting pool of what books they will use to name the episodes since it seems like they are not going to have anything to do with the plot. Is it going to be like Moby Dick is the next, my <laughs> next, my next the one is going to be um the one that I think it's going to be <laughs> the giver. The great Gatsby. <gasps> I can't wait for Pride and Prejudice. <laughs> Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. <laughs> you say that, but Pride and Prejudice is probably the most likely of the ones we yeah. said. We sense it was sense sensibility. <laughs> That's how we get Tom's succession in <laughs> Book of Boba Fett. I can't wait for episode two of the Book of Boba Fett, Emma. That random little white girl that everyone's obsessed with. Her name's just Emma. Oh my god. Kiss myself if she shows up and she's like, hello there, I'm Emma. Oh my god, she's... She... I think that's Joe March. Okay, we have a little women. Star Wars in our Star little Wars women. podcast. So yeah. Funny. 
Um, Omega shows up and it's little women. Oh my god. I do okay. like how they I do like the idea of them incorporating it like someone says it like a line in the show. Like Boba's talking to Tuscans, he's like, Man, I really do or to the other the, the, the Rodian prisoner. He's like, Man, I really feel like a stranger in a strange land, don't you? To be fair, we don't know what the Tuscans were saying. They were like, Hey, do we think this gentleman's gonna try to start a sex cult on our planet? We gotta get him out of here right now. <laughs> okay. Um, anyway, do you guys want to talk about the book about that episode? I one? would yes, love to please. not really I'd love to. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just kidding. Party. So yeah, this first episode, there's a lot. I was like very surprised by the tone. I thought it was going to be a lot grittier and there were like quote unquote gritty parts, but even the parts that were a little darker still had like an upbeat almost feeling like it wasn't like you're wallowing in depression, which I was really happy for. Um, Something I quite enjoy that apparently Star Wars does keep doing is in their marketing, they're like, I'm a badass. It, whatever they did it with Mandalorian, they did it with the Bad Bash, they did it with Book of Boba Fett. They're like, yeah, whatever. And then the first episode comes, and it's just like, I'm just a guy having a bad day. <laughs> and it's you like, could say the glub shitification of Boba Fett. <laughs> yeah, and it's 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 quite good. And I saw a lot of people complaining about the tone, but first of all, I was like, first of all, this is from the director of Spy Kids. Like, what did you expect? And I personally, I love the Spy Kidsification of Star Wars because Star Wars is for children, um, and it really vibed. It also felt very animated to me, which is how Spy Kids also feels, and Shark Boy and Lava Girl. Um, like even the action of like Fennec jump it, like Jenny, like it felt like it was animated. It was, it felt like it was, it was something that was animated, not like when you do a live ad- action adaptation of something of an animated thing. Um, I really liked the tone, so I thought it was a good balance. Like Star Wars often does strike that good balance between absolute glup shit oness and uh, other hey, things. So, Claudia, you've just said something I do have to insert. Boba and Fennec are Shark Boy and Lava Girl. I think that should be their Halloween costume next year. Hot take, I think Boba is Lava Girl. I think it'd be fun for Tam to do the Lava Girl hair. That'd be, I, I'm here for that look. Yeah. <laughs> I will say, um, I, I was jump scared by Camino seeing that in like the first 14 seconds of this episode. Um, mostly because the last time we saw Camino in Star Wars was in the Bad Batch when it was being destroyed. Um, but it was a it was a fun little flashback. Uh, there was a uniquely crisp shot of Django's helmet from an angle I don't believe we've seen before. Um, so I thought that was fun. I also just very much loved the. Um, they really have started out with a strong basis for Fennec and Boba's relationship because he's like, I was having a nightmare, and she's like, Oh, I know about those already. Like, I I'm really happy they're not doing the thing where we're gonna have to like spend six episodes for Boba to be like, I trust you emotionally. Like, from the get-go, he's like, we are two pretty best friends, and I am just a fucked-up little guy right now. Like, that's just reality. I think his nightmares would be solved if one day the little pit droids open the pod and Fennec leans in and gives him a little kiss on the forehead. And she's like, it's okay, buddy. I could Then he'd be fine. I, much like their friendship also with the, with the like, flashbacks to his childhood in Topoka City, I really thought that was going to be, like, a later on sort of thing. And they were like, nope, we're going out the gate with it. And I was like, it it literally felt like being slapped in the face. I was like, whoa! Like, I I really, I put that on my bedding, my cameo bedding pool. Like, ah, this is going to be later. If, if at all, maybe they'll reference it, whatever. They were like, don't forget, you're in a Star Wars. And I was like, damn, shit. Um... 
I don't know. I There's this feeling, I think, in Star Wars where you're always like, oh, I really hope they connected to other things. And sometimes they do and sometimes they don't. And when they do, and when they do that, and when they also, like, have relationships that are already lived in, you're like, oh, what do I do when I feel fed? When I have all the food? I don't know what to do with that. Period. Um. Yeah, I liked the the first of all the episode felt very dynamic like it didn't feel ever like slow it felt like okay this it makes sense the the course of events that are happening here and i know a lot of people critiqued like that this didn't have like a whole lot of plot to it uh which i think was you know said about the mandalorian um and i'm no shade to those people because you know people like what they like and i'm not gonna be like fuck you for (laughs) for not enjoying this this specific way but i really enjoyed having more like character based character driven i and i think it's because i we've been spending a lot of time like in other parts of star wars where it is a m- lot more character based um and like getting to be in in a character's head so getting to see like boba ruminating on these things and then seeing how they kind of pair with his life currently was really f- interesting to me also, I think um, the reason I'm so here for like a character-driven show with this guy specifically is that like we don't know a whole lot about how adult Boba feels or like really anything about how Fennec processes the world around her. So like, I feel like that's something that like same like the same with you. I'm not like wow, fuck you if you didn't like this, but like I'm also like it is often more helpful to have some like character-driven stuff going on because we simply don't know a whole lot about this guy. Like. He's just a dude. Um, the other thing for me is that the Sarlacc was fucking scary. And I was kind of surprised by that. Uh, I was like, oh, this is gross and weird. And I don't like it at all. Because I'm like, I know fucking what a Sarlacc is. gullet but... moment. <laughs> oh, worse than that. I was like, Ugh. we're stuck down here and it's slimy and gross. And then he was like covered in sand. And I'm like, somebody get this man some lotion, please. He really needs it. I think this first episode was character driven. And I know more will be. But we also have confirmation that this show is going to be kind of wild. So we, the stuff that's been in the trailers has really only been from this episode. So I have a feeling that after, now that we've had all of our kind of establishing shots, we're probably still going to get a lot of flashbacks and a lot of character building. But I do think that the plot is going to start to pick up. I kind of have a feeling that when shit hits the fan, it's going to be hitting the fan the entire show. So I think, for those of you out there who felt that this was a little slow or didn't really give what you were looking for, I think, hang on, give it some time. Because also the other thing too is Robert Rodriguez does do like a lot, all of his stuff is very dynamic and it has a lot of very fast tonal changes. So I think we are going to see a big, a big shift once we get all of the establishing shots in. And we, we do kind of remember this is like a, a first episode, like kind of, um, what is it called? Pilot episode. Yeah, there we go. So like, I wasn't really expecting it to go hard. I mean, like, I guess the Bad Batch, like episode one went pretty hard. the first, But no, we got to set up like all of Boba Fett's like <laughs> drama already so that he can uh, deal with that later on. You know, this is a special little mouse tool we'll 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 use for later. But I'm um, really also said that with the dreams, they were like, just remember. And I was like, ah. But also, uh, yeah, technically there are some shots from like the trailer we haven't seen yet, like with him sitting around the table with all those other people and them being like, 
why the fuck should we listen to you? You're not special. Also, where the fuck is Bosk? I want to see him, please. We also have to keep in mind, there are a lot of people watching this who probably don't know that much about Boba Fett. So I think a lot of the like, oh, here's Spoka City and here's Django's helmet was them being like, if you're really a first time viewer, maybe you've seen Attack of the Clones. Maybe you just watched The Mandalorian. Maybe you haven't seen anything. Here's a little bit of this guy's deal. So we also have to keep in mind that that that's also happening. Yeah, we got to explain who this Club Shido is. I think that's a, I mean, that's a kind of a thing in The Mandalorian that they do. Like, it's kind of a very expert way to both, like, make it very accessible for people who haven't seen everything, but also, like, not, like, completely separate it for everybody else. Like, it, it's it's kind of genius in that way because I feel like people are like, oh, you have to do one or the other. And I'm like, actually, you can do stuff like that and it'd be like, oh, a per- perfectly situated and it not be like hey remember and like it it like I don't know I feel I felt like it's a, it's a very good balance and I maybe that's just a, a John and Dave and now Robert uh talent that they have so I do also think that uh not this is not particular to Star Wars fans but like franchise fans in general um we often equate like a thing that we see a lot as a thing that we know a lot about like Star Wars visits Tatooine really, really consistently, and it visits Boba really, really consistently. But like in terms of actually expanding on the deeper inner world of those things, it hasn't really done that yet. Um, which is why I'm also like, I'm really excited to see it, like watch watch him go around and be like, these are all the people that have to start paying me taxes because I'm a crime lord now. Like, we don't see the inner machinations of like Jabba doing that. So it's really fun to see Boba like picking that up. Also. Personally, um, I'm really interested in how thoroughly Boba's like, I'm not, I don't want to kill people. However, um, like he's like Fennec alive. And I'm like, you did blow that man up. Like less than a minute well, ago, be, you were like, it's listen. It's not because he doesn't want to kill people. It's because he's like, I need information. That was the only he, reason. I did also love like, though the number bad. of times that Fennec was like, I can murder him. And he's like, we don't, we don't have to. She's like, I could do it right now. Even like, you didn't even have to ask. And he's like, it, it's fine. I swear, like, we'll be good. And she's like, you don't know. I could do it right now. <laughs> <laughs> I find it interesting, though, that um, having, like, Fennec have to explain, like, some of this, like, crime lord stuff to Boba as if Boba hadn't actively worked with the Huts for, like, years and been, like, to Tatooine. So I'm just like, hmm, that's interesting. Is it more, like, was it more of the choice of, like, trying to explain it for audiences or... Did Boba really just not know that stuff? Because I guess he could plausibly not know about the dynamics of that because he was just a bounty hunter and he was just there to do jobs and be like, okay, peace out. Give me my fucking money. Yeah, I I think it is like, I I talked about this on TikTok a little bit. It felt weirdly like blue collar, (laughs) blue collar Boba Fett, which uh, now I'm thinking about fucking, uh, oh my God, what's his name? You know what I mean. Larry the Cable Guy? Larry the Cable Guy. For some reason I wanted to call him Ted and I was like, that is not his name. (laughs) the cable guy (laughs) the cable guy anyways where like boba has been a worker and so he is moving there could be some very interesting conversations about moving class right because he has gone from like being part of the working body of tatooine to like a position of considerable power like sure he was like hanging around people who were powerful but like now he's like in charge and he's like i don't actually know what the fuck i'm supposed to do here Fennec, comrade you... boba is seizing the means of production <laughs> yeah. no, that's where he's about to be I a mean... class trader we you are towing a fine line I... sir 
I do think that it would be very funny. And this is something that I'm like, I saw kind of get set up. I don't think it's actually going to happen, but I do like the idea that the next couple episodes are Boba's campaign to be the mayor of Mos Espa because he's like, he's, he's doing the crime Lord thing. And he's like, I don't really want to like hurt anybody. These are just people who are like kind of hanging out and FedEx like, well, that's what crime Lords do. And he's like, what if we fixed infrastructure? He's like, oh, he's like, oh, the, this is so gross. Why hasn't anyone fixed this? Like Jabba really left this or Bib Fortuna really left this place as a dump in Phoenix. Like that's, that's kind of what that's Cop actually the, does. In, in, I'm not talking about him. No, I'm talking about Boba in, in the like tiny snippet where Cobb Vanth is introduced in Aftermath. That's like kind of what happens. They're like, well, everybody's dead. And he's like, somebody has to fix shit around here. Yeah, I do. But I do think that Boba could just be like, oh, this this place is disgusting. Like why did Bib Fortuna let it get to this point? And Fennec's like, actually, that was the mayor's responsibility. So that's like public infrastructure. And he's like, well, I'll do that. And she's like, well, you don't have permits to do that. And he's like, but I'm a crime lord. And she's like, yeah, crime lords don't do that. And he's like, okay, well, I need to elevate my status then. I'm running oh my for God. mayor. Boba Fett 2022. Boba <laughs> is literally entering his Animal Crossing era. This is what he's doing. <gasps> no! This now. Oh my God. <laughs> my god and oh my god and those little um oh my god i can't remember what they're called the glup shittos who are like the his Gamorians? bodyguards the Gamorians? Gamorians. those are his first two villagers that you god, start get out <laughs> i was gonna say um like oh it's kind of like a workplace comedy situation where he's like oh now i now i'm the manager and i wasn't prepared for this but no now it's a parks and rec situation he's leslie nope <laughs> is that mean the ron swansonification of fennec shand <laughs> Yes. Yes. Being like, I know more than you. I want that. Literally. Literally. I was just gonna say that means this is the situation where Leslie became (laughs) not April. Fennec is is April. No. The the situation where Leslie is now like the freaking city councilor, but then gets fucking recalled. Not recall Boba Fett. No. No, no no recall Boba Fett. Boba Fett should stay in power. I mean, people have been saying that um, the Patton Oswalt Parks and Rec filibuster, pieces of that um, Not just pieces. If you have listened to that, it it is verbatim. I watched that episode only like two days ago because I do rewatch Parks and Rec every single day. Um, So I am at season six now. But no, I saw like that a few days ago. And yeah, he does say he's just like Boba Fett crawling out of the, the sand is there some the ip some ip theft going on here robert rodriguez watched parks and rec was like i can make a whole career out of that <laughs> i'm i'm just saying um since these episodes are named after books i'm really excited for the book of Boba Fett episode two das capital i'm really excited for boba next episode to be like <clears throat> workers of the world rise up we have nothing to lose but our team <laughs> He's like, this is my, this is my <laughs> Book of Boba Fett episode two, the public and its problems. <laughs> so here's Book of Boba Fett episode two, the communist manifesto. Here's, here's the question though, like, because we were like, would he let his workers unionize? Because I, I discussed this on TikTok earlier that I was like, he's, he's, he's actually recruiting for an MLM, which means that they're independent contractors. <laughs> um so they're not tell you this, workers. but there's a lot of a lot of business models that use independent contractors that aren't MLM. Uh, yeah but no I'm but not his saying specifically that, is an MLM. do we think I'm that just saying do we think boba fett is exploiting the gig economy 
I think I that know. he is used to being exploited. So he's like, I don't, I think he tries to, Class and he starts and he's Boba like, Fett. no, and he's like, I kind of feel bad. Like these people don't have health insurance. So he's like, Fennec, can we like hire them on as permanent, like full-time employees? She's like, you realize you're going to have to pay taxes on like different taxes on that. You're going to enter a different, like ta- like tax bracket. And he's like, well, I need to run for mayor so I can change that. Quickly, who is Boba Fett's accountant? Corky okay. Kreese. We literally have talked about oh, this. Oh, yeah. Kreese. You're right. Sorry. That's <laughs> how Corky <laughs> comes back. Okay, I mean, not to be a poli-sci major on meme, but um, Fennec did make a Machiavelli reference this episode because she was like, it's better to choose fear. And he's like, I don't really want to be scary anymore. Wow, like, I can't wait sir. for Book of Boba Fett episode two, The Prince. <laughs> <laughs> Book of Boba Fett episode three, The Republic. Um, I wait. really... Okay, also, I forgot to mention at the beginning of this episode, Tem is nearly nude, and I was allowed to see that <laughs> on screen. I'm I sorry that I'm unapologetically horny for this man, but like, damn. Book of TV. Boba Fett, episode two, Fifty Shades of Grey. No, no. Oh, no. What? Uh, Get out. Oh, oh. I have unconventional tastes, Din. <laughs> I was going to say Book of Boba Fett, episode two, A Modest Proposal. <laughs> no. Book of Boba Fett, episode two, Scarlet Leather. No. Who is Hester Prynn? Quickly! Who is Pearl Prynn? Pearl Prynn's the little Tuscan child, period. <laughs> You're absolutely Ooh, right. Speaking Why of Boba Fett, not Boba Star Fett. Wars English class era? Boba Fett is the freaking priest who's like, that's so crazy that you're pregnant anyway. <laughs> what about the Book of Boba Fett episode two, The Scarlet Pimpernel? <laughs> okay, who, who is stealing what? Quickly, what is happening there? What's happening Book of Boba there? Fett episode two, The Crucible. <laughs> okay, no, we can't help. Wait, no, I'm sorry, one more. Book of Boba Fett, Book of Boba Fett, chapter two. Star Wars Thrawn Ascendancy Lesser <laughs> Evil. <laughs> yeah. Wait, um, that's a really great segue because there was something if we're talking about um <laughs> Bober um it, like establishing his little crime lord moment and he was like, wait a minute, I actually don't know how he ran this whole business. The way that I was like, oh my god, Thrawn and Eli moment, he's sitting there, he's sitting there and he's like, okay shit, what what do I do? Like, he's this, like, formidable warrior, very capable, whatever, but, like, with the with the politics pieces where he's like, I have no fucking idea, and he has to have his pretty best friend be like, and be like, okay, this is what you have to do. I was like, oh my god, it's Thrawn and Eli! <laughs> anyway. The way that all roads lie back to Supernatural and Thranto for you is truly- Claudia, I'm she, not- okay. standing in a room and she's like, it's just like Thranto. I'm not, I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I, I enjoy Boba and Fennec together. I think that they could be cool. I think it's very rare to see interracial couples in franchise media, especially when they're two people of color. Um, and especially when they're like over the age of 40. Um, so I think that it would be really cool. They have a really nice dynamic. I just think they could be the next Chimera. But Claudio wasn't necessarily on board before this episode. And I was thinking if we got to this first episode and she wasn't into it, I was going to find a way to like pull something out of my ass and make it about Thranto so she would like it. And she did it by herself. I didn't even have to do anything. <laughs> listen, listen. I did also see some like fan art and stuff on Tumblr. And I was like, you know what? Maybe I am on board. Maybe I am. Also, there are two disabled icons because in uh, in The Mandalorian, when they're like, surprise, Fennec is alive. She's like, hey, guys, I got a new stomach. Um, <laughs> and she's like, oh, my God, <laughs> colostomy bag moment. And <laughs> she's like, she's a disabled icon. And then in this, you're like, 
chronically ill and disabled icon Boba Fett where he's like, I'm about to kill some bitches. However, I do need to go home and get my juice. Uh, and then I'll be back. I've ran out of spoons. Someone get me back to my back to tank right now. <laughs> this man is so relatable. And I don't know. I think it's just cool that it's like, oh, the most badass man in the universe. He's a disabled icon. It's kind of like be- having that chronic pain and disability for Boba Fett is like how Thrawn has IBS. <laughs> Please, I'm going to choke. <laughs> Thrawn's, Thrawn's lactose intolerance is Boba's chronic pain from a result of a traumatizing injury. Um, I was going to um, kind of segue in a, in a nice, not IBS route, because uh, I wanted to talk about the Tuscans, but you know, it's fine. Something I've been thinking a lot about with Book of Boba Fett is Boba's relationship to the Tuscans, um, because we see that obviously in this episode, like they are essential to his survival. Um, they pick him up and of course they are brutal to him. He is a prisoner, um, up until what I assume at the end, the the end of the episode, I think it is alluded to that he is going to befriend them. I'm happy to see that because I am a Tuscan, uh, enjoyer. Um, but like having to reconcile this history that the Tuscans have had in Star Wars for us as viewers, because up until the Mandalorian, they have never been given really any nuance or um, kind of like, I don't want to say grace, but like they have always been a stereotype of Bedouin and indigenous people. I I say Bedouin, I I name them specifically uh, the nomadic Arabic people um, because George Lucas cites the Bedouin people as like the the aesthetic inspiration for the Tuscans, which I think is very obvious if you look at um, Bedouin wardrobe. Um, and then, like, the Tuscans, and, like, that's, you know, problematic because the, the, the Tuscans are a brutal and violent people. Um, and I think that in terms of them being a reflection of how Westerns view Indigenous people is very obvious uh, in, like, A New Hope. Because, you know, A New Hope is not quite a Western, but it has Western influences from the, the, the film genre. And someone in that cowboy and Indian narrative has to be the Indians and it's the Tuscans in that case um with the the scene with Obi-Wan and and Luke they're the land defending itself right it, this is more of a, of a legend things with the Tuscans but like there is very specific narratives about them being quote unquote protective of the water um protective of the natural resources of Tatooine which you know hmm interesting connection there in terms of like how how indigenous people are portrayed and actually like culturally what is important to them um and so that's something I, I think about a lot and have to reconcile with is like these have been largely very problematic portrayals of indigenous people you know because one for for one they are explicitly stated as to be the indigenous people of Tatooine. that's not me just being like oh my god they're like coded like no like this is like they are indigenous people um but of course there is like you know, the racial coding that comes with that, uh, because we're here viewers in the real world, like in, in the larger Star Wars universe, those are some nasty things for those people to be like, but that's, that's because they're them. But like, as viewers, we are seeing them as like, people who are clearly thinly veiled, like allegories for groups of nomadic people, let them be like the Bedouin or indigenous people. And that's not great. But seeing in Boba Fett, that they are yes like violent and brutal 
we're, we're seeing it from a little bit more of a nuanced perspective because the Tuscans, you know, pick up Boba. First of all, they, they do, in the end, like, save him from just pure death on Tatooine. Uh, they revive him. And they, yes, they are keeping him as a prisoner, but he... I think it becomes this, like, interesting thing about Tuscans about, like, what their culture is about. And I think it is about, about like, the, the strong surviving. And I think it is about, to some lesser extent, like, Boba having to prove his worth to the Tuscans for them to be like, okay, you can you can hang. Um, we see it, first of all, I, I think the first interaction that happens that makes me specifically think about this, and it's not even, like, a test that the Tuscans are, are doing on Boba. It's that the Tuscan child, my icon... They roll up and they start like beating Boba with the, the gaffy stick, right? Um, and later in the episode, Boba gets a chance to strike the child and he doesn't. And that is like a sign that, hey, he respects he respects the autonomy of these people, even though they might not respect him, uh, which is cool because that's not something we've really seen up until like the Mandalorian where Din clearly has uh, an appreciation and respect for their culture and understanding that like these are their practices and then we see it later on in the episode when uh, Boba manages to run off and the, the Tuscans have to, the Tuscans chase after him. And there's this like confrontation where Boba is like, ah, y'all going to fight me or what? And the, the Tuscans send one of their warriors up to Boba and they don't strike Boba first. Boba has to experience like a trial by combat almost with those, these Tuscans um, where he strikes first at the Tuscan and... Clearly, he, he gets his shit rocked regardless, but, like, that is a testament to, like, okay, he's proving his worth. And then at the end of the episode, obviously, he comes, first of all, he, like, saved the child from harm um, and comes back to the village and the Tuscans are like, okay, you're cool. You can roll with us. And I'm really excited to see from there what we are going to get about Tuscans and their culture beyond brutality it seems like we're almost in a new era of tuscan stannery they're like yeah seems like kind of a shame that you guys got the short end of the stick for so long like you said they've been done so dirty and i think even in attack of the clones it was almost like oh you need to see a little empathy for them because anakin killed their entire village and i'm like hey that's not a great way to build empathy like that does not make make me feel like oh anyone in that situation is have, like that was just so not good i'm excited to see the tuscans actually getting fleshed out beyond maybe we kidnap people maybe we hit luke skywalker with a stick i'm very excited what was interesting though was a lot of people remarked on that in the mandalorian they use like a it was not real sign language but they used like a sign language and they didn't hear and some people on tiktok were talking about that they were like oh they were probably different tribes and they have different they have different languages, which I thought was, like, a cool way to explain that probably there's the production was different. Um, but also, if people want to, uh, the I the first time that I saw the Tuscans be humanized before the Mandalorian, I believe it was in the season two, correct? Um, I, I cannot recommend the From a Certain Point of View stories uh, enough because they, they humanize um, both the Tuscans and the Jawas. Um I know that we, the Jawas, they did steal Boba's armor in this one. Um, but um, there's a story in the original, um, from a certain point of view, book um, called Ray Rin. 
um, about um, a young Tuscan Raider. So if you if you love the 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 Tuscan Raider child, um, I believe she's not a child; she's like a young adult. Uh, please go read that book and read that story. I love that one very much. It is one of my favorites, uh, just in general. So I watched the episode like twice because I watched it last night when it first dropped, and um, last night I was too busy being like ah. <laughs> to like really process things but then going back and watching it like a second time like earlier today with my older sister I did like be like yeah okay because um when I watched it last night I was kind of upset because I was just like damn are they demonizing the, the Tuscans again like this is kind of fucked up I wanted the Tuscans and Boba Fett to have a nice a nice time together yeah, um, first of all, sorry to go back to what Claudia was saying about like language and the uh, Tuscan ASL that was being used, Tuscan Sign Language, TSL, I guess. Um, I think also that could be because they're talking to a, like a non-Tuscan, that that is also just like a form of communication that they're like... I was uh, thinking, I was thinking that as well, but then I was like, they were trying to communicate with boba at one point so that's why i was that's why mm-hmm. I, like at first i was like oh it's because they only do that with mm-hmm. like it's like like a trade language mm-hmm. shout out to thrawn um <laughs> like a trade language but then they were talking to boba and the on the rodian and they didn't mm-hmm. so then i was like i don't know thought does boba help establish the trade language in between the tuscans and i would i would i for one would love that because also boba fett canonically speaking star wars sign language is something that can be so personal I would I would enjoy that very much. I also had a thought about them maybe being of different tribes. That said, I am not that hopeful in Star Wars world building to make the effort of like Star Wars planets tend to be pretty homogeneous throughout. So while part of me is like, okay, realistically, these this can all be the indigenous people of this planet and ve- have very, very different cultures between them. Um, like I noticed, and I, once again, this could be production changing, but like these Tuscans outfits actually sort of looked different um, from ones we saw in The Mandalorian, especially from older ones, which part of me is like, okay, we're just aging up and costuming is changing. But the other part of me is like, I is there a reason for this? Like, I want to know, like there was a lot more, I noticed a lot more like red in the, these Tuscans costumes that there was not in other ones that I really appreciated and enjoyed. Um, what I was going to say vis-a-vis Tuscan wardrobe, it was interesting to me because we've seen them like weirdly gendered back in the prequels. Um, before that, they weren't in the original trilogy. It was just like, they were all in that same kind of like, first of all, they're one of like the iconic like Star Wars like aliens and like we don't know a whole lot about them. Which I'm like, that's that's the racism move. But I think also like these these Tuscans were GNC as fuck. Like very gender to me. I don't know what it was, but their fits. I was like, I don't know what you what you got going on, but I like it. I like it a lot. They're very yas and slay. Exactly. They're <laughs> so yas and slay. The Tuscans are yas and slay. I agree. I I was gonna say um if we're talking about outfits um. I love when Star Wars is like poetry rhymes and you mentioned the point of like they gave him the moment to be like okay what are you working with whatever and he like gains their respect through like through battle or whatever um which is how Mandalorians um operate as well so now like what's interesting is we've spent a whole series and we're probably going to also in this one learning about Mandalorian culture and we're going to be learning about Tuscan culture and how they're similar um I just love that, and I'm going to love the parallels there. And I, I know a thing that a lot of people have wanted and are hoping that they address is, like, how Mandalorian is Boba? How Mandalorian was Jango? Um, will he be rediscovering his identity? Um, and if he's doing that through identifying with a similar culture, I just think that's cool and neat. Boba diaspora fet. 
much to think about. So much to think about, bestie. Speaking of outfits, trans Twilight, how are we feeling? Um, that I, I think I think so that it was, you know, just Disney shitting the bed and forgetting that. <laughs> But we can push yeah, it probably is. It most likely is. Well, so let's explain. Let's explain first for those of you who aren't deep in the shits of Star Wars lore like we are. Um, gender Twi- lore. Yeah, Star Wars gender identity. But Twi'leks have two different types of ears. Conventionally, female Twi'leks have these ears that look like cones. Um, and male Twi'leks have ears that are like little pointy elf ears um, that just look like human ears. Um, in the scene where they go to the cantina, the green Twi'lek man who's like, hey, Boba, I have huge, huge man tits. He had Boba cone- does check him out. That he, was wonderful. He had cone ears. So that's like, oh, that's like a biologically female thing that Twi'leks have. So it's like, oh, is he transgender, perhaps? He's saving up for cone surgery. <laughs> so <laughs> I was going to say, like, um, even if that was a production oversight, um, that was still, like, the, the queerest I- moment for me because it was literally Fennec clocking, clocking Boba and being like, even if Boba didn't get it, um, whether or not you interpret him that he did, it was literally Fennec clocking it and being like, I mean, okay. <laughs> like, all right. I was like, oh, is that lots to unpack here in my Star Wars? <laughs> I loved this episode so far. But I did, I did feel like whoever's doing the makeup for Twi'lek specifically, they either looked really, really good or really, really bad. Like that first Twi'lek that came in, who is like, the mayor doesn't want to come see you because you're not a girl boss yet. Um, like I was like, oh, okay, this is- You're like- not very Yasin Slay. Yeah, the mayor is like, you're not Yasin Slay enough for me to come have brunch with you. So I'm not going to do that. So like, he looked fine. But then the green Twilight, who is an icon, I was like, girly, you do look like the 1998 Hulk movie or whatever year that came out. I was like, please, somebody get an airbrush and do some shading because it was this moniker. I was like, Champs and Dula didn't die for this. No, not Champs and Dula. He has, Champs and Dula is still alive. Shut up. He's never died. He was actually in the he was actually in the sequels. You just didn't see him. He was just off. He was actually in the actually, show. I just have I just didn't notice him. He's he be like, a, like an old man by then. <laughs> no. Champ Sadula is trying to recruit Boba to his polycule. That scene was also very crazy to me because I like that this woman. We don't know her name yet. I'm so excited. They said her name. Did they? Her name Garza is Garza Whip. Whip. Somebody on Twitter noticed. They were like, "Is this the only place?" that we've seen so far on Tatooine that has central AC and also to have that much money they call her Madam Flip is is it a brothel like is it because well okay. they're gambling and they had like a bar and like Max Rebo and his is Max Rebo performing okay. at a brothel I'm not gonna <laughs> lie that if he is listen I'm not gonna lie I do believe that it was or at least yeah. has some aspect of that that is because when she was like do you want to partake in our silly little activities I, I don't i'm like know oh and then else. I do, and then the I other do believe she does describe it as being serviced well she said i do remember she, she also about the gamor about like the gamorians and about your and about the whatever but like i was like yeah this is very this is clear right like this is <laughs> yeah i think that they were gonna that she was like do you see my two little friends i've got one of both sexes you can kiss them on the mouth if you would like and then boba was like i'm looking at this green guy's boobies and then i'm moving along He's yeah, like, no, I'm just here for, like, a second. 
I believe her exact verbiage was, um, do you want your helmet serviced? Like, that's what she asked them. It was very... And then, and then they were, and then Fennec's like, we're okay. And Boba's like, are, are you sure? Like, we don't have to be. I do enjoy that entire scene because, first of all, Fennec is like, okay, you should have come on here on a little, like, cart or whatever the fuck. Because that's... get carried around. Like, a litter? A litter. There we go. Because that's what cool people do. And he's like, well, I'm not a cool person. I'm a man of the people. So I'm going to walk. Comrade fit. <laughs> Comrade fit. He's Fennec. so approachable. Like, you could have a beer with him. Oh, my God. Not get out! You. Anyways, um, Fett, he, like, walks in. And, like, you see that little um, astromech with the, the drinks? And he's like, oh, I want a drink. And <laughs> Fennec's like, shut the fuck up. No, you don't. Anyways, there's just, uh, I love that. Wait. When will he get his day in the shade? No, literally, literally, as soon as I saw with the little fruity little drinks, I was like, I'm, I would kill to see Boba Fett in his full armor there, standing there with his little fruity little and drink. And then the funny little, like, a, a, <laughs> like the twirly straw and umbrella. It's and like, like Anakin with the martini and yes! Voyage. Exactly, exactly. It's like Anakin with the martini glass. I was, I was like, please, please, I need to see this. And then it didn't happen. I was like, because I think... And this is something that I wanted when uh, when they were like, oh, then they announced this show, whatever. And I was like, I hope that this destroys every toxic fanboy's dreams about Boba Fett. And I think Boba Fett standing after a, a male Twi'lek hit on him holding a fruity little drink. I think that that would that would be the nuclear bomb that would end, end all This is how Kathleen Kennedy ruined Boba Fett. Woke I'm, SJWs made Boba Fett have a good time for like 15 minutes. I'm literally that, like that would give me infinite power. So like I was I was so ready and I was like, damn it, just give him a little drink. I do just want to talk about Max Rebo for a second because I was so happy to see him. I was like, wow, Max Rebo and Jizz, you're back. Um, I don't mean to alarm you. I do believe John Williams composed that little Cantina remix. He, can, he has never done anything wrong. Moving us out of the cantina, the little fight outside. First of all, I, I am excited to learn about who those gentlemen were who did do a very good punch on Boba and Fennec. However, what I also thought was really funny about that scene was they get surrounded and they're all they're fighting. Boba and Fennec are trying to work together. Then they start to run off. Boba explodes this dude, which I could not help but laugh at because he's there one minute and then he's just particles the next. But what I also really like was Fennec's like, I'm going to go after them, climbs up the side of a wall like freaking Spider-Man and then does a, like parkour and beats the shit out of two guys. I'm like, was Boba holding her back? Like, no offense, yeah. but Boba, you were holding her back. And then Boba's like, owie, I need to go lay down. And Fennec's like, I've killed two people. My favorite, my favorite part of that was um, that they were all very COVID safe. I do believe, I do believe that they are Crimson Dawn. They were like clearly wearing red. Shout out to Kira, who's probably going to show up. Shout out to the costume designer for being like, how can we incorporate like double masking into this costume? And they did a great job with it. Um, but this, the part, the when he shot the, when he shot the guy, I was thinking, I was like, okay, he's trying to like endear himself to all these people, but he did just destroy the side of the building. Does he have enough money to replace that? Like, that's uh, why he has to run for mayor so he can work on infrastructure. <laughs> no, it's literally a Park and Rec episode. TikTok user Taika Waititi did point out today that the costumes that the little angry guys are wearing are very, very similar to Crimson Dawn outfits from the, I believe the 2020 Vader comic. So that 
does lend credence to the idea that Crimson Dawn is like around and kicking, uh, which I think is funny. I, I would be very tickled to see them involved in this show. I believe that because in War of the Bounty Hunters, Boba did fuck up Crimson Dawn's little Han Solo auction. So them hearing like, hey, Boba is still alive. Kira would be like, okay, fuck you, Boba Fett. Time for payback for you ruining my um, my Han Solo auction. But also uh, about that fight, I was kind of confused at some points, like that they were just doing hand-to-hand combat. I mean, it was very cool, like the choreography-wise. But I'm just like, damn, Boba, you have like all these blasters on you. What are you doing, bestie? Also, how come Fennec didn't have her cool rifle? But whatever. That wouldn't help in it's close fun. combat. She unfortunately, pretty... d- she unfortunately doesn't have a conceal and carry permit on her right now. She has, <laughs> yeah, to, she has to apply for one. But on I was very yeah, really trying to be legal. Boba... Really trying to be legal here. He also had his jetpack, so I'm just like, Boba Bestie, why don't you just fly? <laughs> okay, but that's not gonna help them continuing to to chase them. Like it, it helps to. I will say this, like he very much like he knew that like they could shock him and he, like it's not going to do anything to me i'm wearing fucking biscar like that that was actually the coolest part of the fight for me was that like they would keep trying to get him and he's like i'm literally wearing biscar try again i liked when the little like um Gamorian guys showed up finally too they're like oh fuck our bosses are getting beat up let's go help i was like where were they were they getting hosed down and fed like <laughs> like their ass cheeks were very prominent in a few shots oh Okay. I don't know why I felt the need to point that out. I wasn't like, oh, joy. I'm glad they don't. No, because we were all thinking it. Can they, okay, wait. Can part of Boba's quest is merit to get, can can we get them real clothes? Get his Gamorreans real clothes so that they're not walking around like a Gamorrean in a polo. You know, in DC Comics, where the excuse that Starfire dresses so skimpy, even though she's a teen, is that she gets her power from the sun. I think that they should establish that the Gamorreans dress like that because their power comes from direct contact with the the sun. Will give me superpowers. (laughs) No, that's what it's like. Michael from the from from um what is it called? Stranger to Strange Land. That's where they they get their get out. Uh, Speaking of mystery gangsters. Who were who were the funky little guys who were raiding that moisture farm? They were clearly not the same guys who were chasing Boba, but who are they? And what was that little symbol? So what I found more interesting about this scene entire like I love that people are having conversations about who are they? What's going on? I thought it was more interesting <laughs> that like they like did that whole scene with the water and it's the reaction of the Tuscan child with Boba that that is happening where he's like, "Oh, God fucking damn, these goddamn colonizers are up shit, fucking up our water supply. Fuck these guys. Y'all gotta fucking dig for our water now because they fucked it up for everyone else. Just, just like in the real world. And then the Tuscan child looks at the camera and says, hey guys, you know what's fucked up? Anyway, sorry, I didn't mean to get on that tangent. I do believe we were having some conversations about that. Um, I feel like, was it Huddy's? That the, it's like the letter J? Yeah. It was like K or something. At first, when like uh, y'all were bringing up the hoodies to me, I did like just stare at the letter B, and I was just like, "Why is it a B?" <laughs> and then you guys are all like, "It's K." I was like, "Oh, that still is doesn't there... make any sense to me." But okay. Is there another hut that maybe their name starts with K or I something? I am looking um, at the hut wiki now. 
Unfortunately, I'm pretty sure uh, War of the Bounty Hunters canonized all the Hots got killed, except for Jabba. May I just say, Rada has taken a new name. I am. I have been saying that Rada the Hut is going to be the weird child that Fennec and Boba adopt because this is a this is a Star Wars oh, thing. Oh, that's how we bring in oh, Ahsoka. Rada, okay, Not Rada would be coming back. So, so there's a little contention on how old huts are and how fast they age, because in the Clone Wars, Rada was a baby. Um, we don't exactly know how old he was, but we know it was a baby. And Hutz lived for... He was 50 years old. Really? No, no that was a no, you know, because your Because your favorite movie, the Cl- Clone Wars movie, where he shows up. Anyway. Um, it was a Mandalorian joke. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. Uh, anyway, I I don't... We don't know exactly how old he would be. I've seen some people say maybe he would be, like, developmentally in his, like, teen era. But the idea of Boba and Fennec raising an angsty teen hut is kind of everything to me. I've just found a word in the Hut Wookie page. Um, I it's spelled K-A-J-I-D-I-C. Kashidic was a hut social structure that was both a family and a crime gang. Oh shit. Have we cracked the code? So in canon, they're just, just kind of around. Um, two such clans were the ones that J- Jabba belonged to, and one includes Gardula from the from the higher public. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> I don't know if this is what this is, but if this is what this is, I'm going to say right now, Rupe Helps Padres, we did it, guys. We've called it. I'm just saying, I think it would be very funny for, like, everyone else in the galaxy is dealing with, like, Imperial Remnants, like, the First Order Origins, and Boba and Fennec are like, god damn, we thought the Huts were fucking dead, and now these bitches are just, like, here, I guess? Did I mention that I think Tam is really hot? Yeah, you did. Me too, Noah, me too. Okay, I'm glad it's not just me. So everyone was talking about the Trandoshan showing up. I hope Bosk shows up. And the Trandoshan shows up as an and and Boba's like, oh man, like I used to work for this guy and now he has to be to me. Like he has this this funny little moment and it's very funny. And I don't know what level of authority this Trandoshan man has, um, but he was some vassal to to Jabba and he met he says the word um daimyo which is like a feudal Japan kind of term um but he uses that to like refer to like oh are you the are you the new are you the new the new guy um on Tatooine but the interesting part about that term is that it's a great lord but there's still a vassal to the shogun so it's like to me I was like oh is that kind of a little bit of an insult in that he's like oh well you know, you still serve somebody. Um, what does that mean? Also, have they ever referred to the leader on Tatooine with that term before? Also, shout out to Ronan. Um, I love you, girl. I love that book so much. Uh, shout out to Star Wars, but it is feudal Japan. Um, love when that happens. Star Wars always has, like, Japanese, like, influence. There's also, like, you know, that concept art at, during the credits of Boba looking at his fun little armor on the like um stand thing and his rifles that does mirror like how uh you know samurai would like display their armors with their katanas so that that's a fun little moment too the music um a lot of people did when the theme came out i was like loving that it does sound like a sea shanty shout out to the dune sea the sail barge ah love that also i just did just realize that like boba grew up on a um 
a, a planet made of water and now um he's ruling over a planet made of sand oh, i just love i just I, he's grew up on a desert just like the beach mold <laughs> he's all the reverse beach mold that's what his um, back to think is i very much love the visual storytelling and a lot of that i mean a lot of the people who worked on the show said this is too like it was really a testament to tem's acting which was phenomenal i just gotta say boba's droid jackie daytona <laughs> you're my favorite Boba Fett, like, the focus on Boba Fett as a disabled king, I hope it doesn't get problematic. I know a lot of people mentioned the parallels with Vader, um, and that, like, Vader is this very powerful person, but then he has to go rest in his little egg. And I hope it's le- it's more of, like, a, this is a part of who he is now and figuring out his identity. Um, less of a, oh, this is his one flaw, and that's the reason that he's not a perfect badass. I hope it's not that, because uh, we must have a disability practice praxis here. Um, I really enjoyed this um, episode. I I feel like I put brought a lot of um, expectations into the Bad Batch, and then it immediately shit the bed. Um, I am I'm I'm gonna come out and say it. I am Bad Batch phobic. Um, unwhitewash the Bad Batch. I, I can't I can't do it anymore. Um, anyways, I came in with a lot of expectations for Bad Batch, and so for this time around, I had my one desire. I wanted to see Tuskins in Boba Fett and I wanted to see them represented not just as like needlessly brutal people but rather like people with cultural practices. I got that in episode one so we can either go only up from here or crash directly down. Um, I'm hoping for the for the the first of the two. Um, I'm really excited to see Boba and Fennec get to be adult friends. Um, you know I am part of the the Bobanic hive mind but I also am just happy to see them as two individuals who get to be friends. My expectations are nowhere, and that's exciting for me. I also learned my lesson with the Bad Batch about, like, having expectations walking into a, a new Star Wars property. So I didn't watch, I only watched the very first couple of trailers for Book of Boba Fett. I stopped looking at promotional material pretty early because I was like, the show will be what the show will be. The only things that I really want is to allow Tam to be very sexy on screen, uh, which he is constantly in this episode. So I was like, cool. I'm really happy about that. That was the only really big thing for me. Um, but I like it so far. I know that the tone is not it for a lot of people. Some people really want it to be like a gritty Godfather-esque story, but like, and maybe it might become that. I don't really care okay. either way. Episode two, The Godfather, but it's the novel. Get it's out. The novel. <laughs> I, can't I can't with you. Um, but overall, honestly, because like the only real thing that I wanted from this show was like a fun little side quest adventure with Boba Fett. Like, the the bright side about this um not being like a prequel to really any major story thread is that it doesn't have to go anywhere like it it can just be like boba and fennec shell and tatooine and that's cool um and i really liked how the show felt this first episode i liked the vibes i liked fennec's cool little flip that she did uh in the rooftop fight scene thought that was fun when you did mention it was nice that we get to see them as friends, which is something that we don't often get to see in Star Wars, um, then I did get concerned because uh, I went, uh-oh, if we're starting out with um, them in a close friend relationship, what the fuck is going to happen to one of them? Because this is a Star Wars and you know that it's going to be heartbreaking. So if anything does happen to them and their friendship, or especially Fennec Shand, I, I will kill someone. Um, and uh, she has already died once, so... If something happens to her, I will, I will be, I will become the Joker. Um, not just because I like her, but because, um, 
I would just like them to be happy. And I know this is Star Wars. No one gets to be happy. But I did just have a moment of panic of, uh-oh. Hey, guys, I do think I just um um broke the, the code for who the K names are. Conja Club from the sequels. Because <gasps> they're like a gang. They're, they're, they're not they're like a gang. A... Uh, but hey, 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 also, originating as renegade slaves of the huts. Oh, fuck. There's so many K things associated with the huts. Oh, my God. Now I'm like, <gasps> I don't know why that all connected in my head, but it did. And I felt like I was like, oh, I'm having a Pepe Silva moment. I think there's a lot to like. I'm really excited to see how it fleshes out Tatooine um, and how it fleshes out the people of Tatooine and how they interact with the world. Because we see a lot of the special people on Tatooine, but we don't see a lot of the everyday people for an extended period of time. Because we do see like the Larses for a little bit, then we do see, you know, Shmi Skywalker for a little bit, but we don't get a lot of that slice of life. The closest I think we've really gotten is like Pelly. So I'm really looking forward to this. I'm, I'm, I'm very excited. Yeah, I'm excited about Boba and Fennec being epic and seeing more Boba and having him be more of a fleshed out character. Yeah, I don't really have any expectations for this show either now that I think about it because I haven't really actually been deeply thinking about it because... Yeah, the Bad Batch has slightly traumatized me. I wanted to address the one shot where we saw like Moss Espa, like the big like overview shot of it. I was like, wow, that's very epic looking. Whenever I think about Tatooine, I just think about their smaller like towns and I forgot how Moss Espa actually looked like. So I was like, wow, that's very pretty. I also very much liked the little room where like Boba, his little pod was. I liked all the big um, windows and curtains fanfic writers i can't wait to hear read about you guys describing that room now i guess yeah just the some of the like cinematography was very fun and epic so i can't wait to see more of that and welcome back to everyone's favorite segment it's been a while but uh, welcome back to cody watch which is actually now going to be slightly changed to to clone watch just for book of boba fett I'll go back to just mainly Cody Watch for um, the Obi-Wan show and Bad Batch season two whenever those come out. But this is Clone Watch. And unfortunately, I did not see Cody or um, any of the other clones, but maybe we'll see them. It'd be fun to see any of them in like a flashback or anything of like Boba, like thinking about his childhood, maybe in Topoka City. Who knows? I was going to say, we did see Topoka City, so maybe we didn't see one. There could have been a clone in there. (laughs) Welcome to our favorite segment of the podcast, Name That Ship. Um, Basically, this segment, one of our hosts goes to the dark reaches of AO3 and finds a fanfic to present to the other hosts. Um, and it is their responsibility to guess what the ship of this fic is. We mean no disrespect with this segment. Um, fan fiction writers are the backbone of our community. Um, and most of the time, these ships are just like, it's just fun. It's like fun, crack, lighthearted type ship. Um, and the tags usually tell a story, and that is half of the fun. Uh, for example, the story, the fic that I have brought today, the tags tell a story. Are you all ready? So um, I chose this fic in particular. I went I went to hunting after I watched this episode of Book of Boba Fett. I had one 
character in mind. So I was like, I have to see what you have to give me AO3. And this is what I was given. Uh, the title of this fan fiction is Character A Gets Turned on Caffeine and Gets a Boyfriend. What? <laughs> Good for them. <laughs> uh, additional tags. This post was made by I Go Wild on Caffeine Gang. I literally wrote this because Character A deserves love. Also because I love found family. I meant to put more of my OCs in, but I was caught up in the euphoria of Character A getting a boyfriend and loving his son. Is it Dinjarin? No, it is not. Is it Jago? Oh. No, it is not. It is. Is it a like male male ship? Yes, it is. Two men. I'm trying to think of people who have sons. Is it Anakin? Is it nope. somebody who are who are, has a son in canon? Well, okay. This is, is this the... becomes. There's so many layers to this, right? One of these I, characters. What era are these characters? Sequels. Hmm. Rebellion that's Empire question. era. That's a, that's a great question. Um, I guess I would describe them as original trilogy. They one of these characters was in this episode of Book of Boba Fett. Was it Boba, Boba. Fett? It was not Boba Fett. Hmm. And what, the other character does transcend Fennec time. Um, They're both men. Fennec was in the original trilogy. I'm trying to think of crossover. <laughs> the way that my first thought was Matt Berry torture droid. <laughs> that is probably not it. <laughs> no, it is not. That's low Cravensworth. I mean, that droid was um, in the the original trilogy. Gamorreans? No. Nope. (laughs) I was like, do they raise a child together? I think they should. They should. Okay. Was it someone from Jabba's Palace? Yes, it was. Is it Max Rebo? Yes, it is Max Rebo. (laughs) Max Rebo is character A. (gasps) Is it Sice Noodles? No, it is not Sice Is it another, like, another? It's a man. I would not describe him as a glove shitto, but I also don't really think about him that often. Why was my first thought cut look Are plain? they a human? Yes. Is it Cobb Vanth? No, it is not. <laughs> That's Rebo slash Cobb Vanth. Is he someone who lives on Tatooine? No. Is they Are they a Jedi? No. A bounty hunter? I don't think so. Were they also <laughs> in this episode? No. Are they okay? Are they presently alive in canon or is this a, no. is this a redo? They're not? They are not alive in canon. I don't know if they is are. Is it Jango Fett? I don't know if they are even a canon character. Oh, never mind. Oh. I was thinking about Jango Fett. A Legends character? Yes. Revan. No. (laughs) Mary Jade. Wait, no. Revan will be too young at this point. We all know this character, That's true. We all know this character. Yeah. Revan's only a child right now. Yes, it is Jester Marie. (laughs) What? Jaster Mareel, wait, Jaster Mareel slash Max Rebo? That Who's the baby? Is it Boba? I think it's Obi- No, 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 no. I think it's Obi-Wan Kenobi. Wait, what? Huh? what? Huh? Who's baby? So this, is, this, is, this, is, this is a part, okay, this is part of a series called Max Rebo, his friends, his space boyfriend, and his ex-Jedi son. What? And the characters in this fic? Max Rebo, Jester Muriel, mentions of Obi-Wan. I mean, I get that makes sense. So I'm assuming Obi-Wan Kenobi is Max Rebo's beautiful son. The fic I have brought today is called His Fault. Uh, it, is a, it is a three characters. Oh, a polycule. Someone brand. Um, this does not have anything to do with Book of Boba Fett. I apologize. It's rated teen and up. The relationships are character A slash character B, character B slash character C, character A slash character C, Character B slash character C slash character A. So that those are the relationship tags. Characters are character A, character B, character C, Ahsoka Tano. Additional tags. This is going to give it away. The other tags are hurt slash comfort, swearing, and Star Wars polyamory week. Can you give us a summary? 
character A can't let his partners take the heat for his failure, even if it wasn't a failure he could blame himself for. Um, Are these three men? Two men. Uh, prequel era, sequel era. Is this Anakin, Padme, and Throne? <laughs> no, I wish it was. <laughs> um, no, this is this is. Um, I'll give you. I'll give you the other tag that I didn't say. It is Imperial Defectors AU. <gasps> Wait, so it's this- not. Eli, Callus, and um, uh, who would be the third one? Karen. Callus. Callus is one. Not Eli. Is Zeb not Eli. Another one. Not I'm sorry. Just is Zeb. No. One? Zeb is not in this. Okay. So they're they all think... Imperial defectors. This was written before Rebels ended. Oh. They all is of them are Imperial is defectors. Hera in here. No, she is Cassie and Andor. No. Is Price? So is not Price Eli. Here? No. It's not is, Eli. There's no one from the Thrawn books in here. So Price is not in here. Price is not. Is blonde Price in here? <laughs> I because here's the thing. I thought yes for a second, Are they but all no. Characters from Rebels. Yes. Is Bodhi one of them? Bodhi's when is Bodhi in Rebels? Rebels? Quickly. I was literally like, wait a minute, did I miss an episode with Bodhi? <laughs> wait, so Imperial. They're all Imperial defectors. Correct. Admiral Constantine. <laughs> Not get okay. Constantine out of here. Okay. Whatever he's AP5. I, I, <gasps> no, it's not AP5. I have an actual question. Um, yes. Okay. Are all three of these characters like canonically Imperial defectors? Or is this no? This is not two of them. There was only Callus. one. The only character who's actually an Imperial defector is Callus. And I believe this was written before he defected. Okay. So this and was when Callus was still. It is not Hera. This is all of these characters. All of these characters are Imperials. All of them are from the first two seasons of Rebels. Quizzy! Oh my god. One is Quizzy. The other one is Quizzy. No, I know the other one is Makathua. It's Makathua! It's Callus, Makathua, and Quizzy. Why is he always Quizzy? Tua was in the Thrawn books. She's in the first Thrawn book. She was in the first Thrawn book. I'm so sorry. Callus does a little boo-boo, so he's like, I don't want everyone else, so he's gonna throw himself like on the blade and be like, it was me! Don't hurt my be- my two beautiful beautiful partners, Tua Quizzy. and the Inquisitor. <laughs> yeah, but basically he does become basically like a fulcrum agent. So I'm like, dang, you did predict that. Good for you. I have our final fic today. Um, it is not Bober related, um, but I think I think it's this was sent in by uh, Vani on IG. Um, this was the same author as the Saw Tarkin fic from a previous uh, episode. So why did you? It was a that yeah, first there was a Sarkin fic. What the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, Aaron Sarkin. <laughs> <laughs> I I personally like I personally like Ta is a sh- better ship name. So it's character A, character B. <laughs> Lone Great Storm. <laughs> no. Um... <laughs> Get through your tags. I'm holding you hostage. Do it. <laughs> Harry. Harry Styles. Oh my God. Why Harry Okay. I'm going to start from the hip. Black Harry. Widow. No, no. Harry Styles slash Yoda. No. Get that out what? of here. Ray slash Rose Tico slash Taylor Swift. What? Um, Wait, this Ray, is a joke. Ray oh. slash Ben Solo. Um in the past, and Ed Sheeran, Lin-Manuel Miranda. Those are the side ships. Oh, <laughs> the side ships. <laughs> I, 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 
feel like I got jump scared by Ed Sheeran, but I'm happy Taylor Swift is there to balance him out. I think Ed Sheeran is my callous fan cast. Character A, character B, Yoda, Harry Styles, <laughs> Ed Sheeran, Lynn Miranda, Ray, Rose Tico, Taylor Swift. Additional tags, action adventure, adventure, adventure and romance, fluff, eventual romance, friends to lovers, reunions, Jedi and Sith relationships. Yoda is character A's father figure. Character B speaks in Gen Z slang. Ed Sheeran and Lin-Manuel Miranda are husbands. (laughs) Character B is really tall. Character B and character A are the same age. I don't know what AU this is. Alternate universe, everyone lives, nobody dies. IG? Um, eventual lesbian Ray, male manipulator, song, watermelon sugar, Harry Styles, song, shape of you, Ed Sheeran. I hate the motherfucking Smiths. Um, (laughs) character A is a a directioner, and character B is a Swifty. It's... The okay. title it's character A all of one direction and this is Hold a on. <laughs> Hold on, there's more. The pick is called That Does Not Pass the Jedi Vibe Check. Um <laughs> So is one of the main characters Morrissey? Is this Morrissey slash Luke Skywalker? I will say this. The main ship, they are both Star Wars characters. Oh. They're Damn both it. canon characters. Here I was thinking it was gonna be Morrissey. So is Luke Skywalker not one? No. Fuck. Okay, is Yoda's is it Obi-Wan Kenobi? No. Are they someone who canonically knows Yoda? Neither of them. To Is my one no- of them Finn? To my knowledge. Well, it- I guess one of them had to have met Yoda. Loden, great story. <laughs> Nobody from the High Republic. Oh my god. Is one of them Finn? No. Are they sequel era characters? Yes. Is it Hawks? One Hux? of them Poe. No. no Kylo one- Ren. Ben Solo is one of the characters. Okay. Is this a man? The other one? They're both male yeah is it serious hmm. no i hope not god <laughs> okay i don't <laughs> want it to be that but i was like i gotta cover my is bases this the character who kylo ren would know um we have all we are all right now assuming that he has met him it by power of is it grogu yes <laughs> no 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 <laughs> No. Wait, is Grogu the Swifty or the Directioner? I need to know right Grogu now. Grogu is the Swifty and Period. Solo is the Directioner. So here's the summary. Ben Solo, a secret Sith. <laughs> Why the fuck Sith? do I keep doing this every week? <laughs> ben Solo, a secret Sith in disguise, must go on a mission with his childhood best friend Grogu and Jedi Master Yoda to go destroy the oppressive patriarchal rule of Edge. <laughs> Oh my god. And his husband, Lin-Manuel Miranda, in order to save his girlfriend, Rey. On the way, will he find common ground with the Jedi and discover hidden feelings for his best friend? Okay, you know what? If it wasn't Ben Solo slash Grogu, I would be 100% behind this. I don't know why Lin-Manuel Miranda said that. And why he's very tense. So this this is the vibe that it's giving me. The shape of you. It's me, Lin-Manuel Miranda. We don't talk about growth. No, please, cease and desist. What I was going to say is that, and this is no shade to um, Claudia Gray's Into the Dark. I am thinking about the gay queens from the footage. Thank you so much for joining us this week for RuPaul's Pod Race. Episodes usually drop on Sundays, but for updates, Star Wars news, and more curse shit, follow us on social media at RuPaul's Pod Race on Twitter, Instagram, and on TikTok. 
And if you really love the show, please consider rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, Spotify, or Overcast. It really means a lot to us. May the force be with you and don't criff it up. Waka waka. Waka waka. waka. Java ruled with fear. I intend to rule with waka waka. (laughs) 